Well, today we are bringing to an end the sermon series entitled Catching the Call. Over the last five weeks, David has done an excellent job in discussing the various approaches and the nature of the call of God. Today, I'm going to be talking about some specific reactions to the call of God. A call. We have all received calls in our lives that got our immediate attention. Among the earliest I can remember came from my mother. When I heard, Michael Moorhead! And you knew it was always bad when your mother referred to you by your last name. Get into the house and clean your room. A few years later, I was racing with my father on a sailboat in very rough and windy weather. And I was fully confident, given the conditions, that my father would not ask anybody, especially me, to set a new sail. However, I heard the call. Mike, we're going to set the spinnaker. So go up on the bow of the boat and rig it. Now, the bow of the boat in rough and windy weather is not a pleasant place to be. So with thoughts of, well, that's easy enough for you to say, and perhaps other thoughts, I got up, went up there, and I rigged the sail, and we hoisted the boat. We hoisted the sail. And finally, I have received many calls that got my attention in a courtroom. More than once, I was making a brilliant opening statement. And for purely tactical reasons, I believe, my opponent said, Objection, Your Honor. And without another word from him, and with no words from me, the judge says, Sustain. Moorhead, you better move on or call your first witness. Now, in the Old Testament passage for today, Isaiah got a call that certainly got his attention. It occurred in a vision that he had where he was in the presence of God. He saw all the glory of God. It was all around him. The glory was so great that he felt woefully inadequate because of the way he had lived his life. And in living that life, he had pulled himself away from God. More specifically, he called himself a man of unclean lips. However, once the error of his ways was addressed and cleansed in a rather dramatic way, he received a call from God. Actually, he didn't receive directly a call from God. He overheard God say, Whom shall I send and who will go for us? He immediately jumped in and said, Here I am, send me. Here I am, send me. Now, there's something very important about the way Isaiah reacted He did not hesitate. He did not stall. He did not procrastinate. He jumped right in, which is a very different reaction from some other biblical personages that we've studied about, such as Moses and Jonah. God spoke to Moses directly and said, So come, I will send you to Pharaoh to bring my people, 
the Israelites out of Egypt. In a very different reaction than Isaiah, Moses came up with a whole bunch of reasons why he shouldn't or didn't want to do that. But we know what Moses did. We know the role that he played in the exit of the Israelites. The same is true for Jonah. God called Jonah to go to the wicked city of Nineveh and to proclaim the word of God and to get them to change their ways. Now, Jonah said, "Uh uh-uh, I'm not doing that. And I'm going to get as far away from Nineveh and as far away from God as I can. So he went down to a port and he got on a boat. And during that voyage, we know what happened. Among other things, he spent three nights in hotel fish. But eventually, he answered the call to God. Now, just like Moses, just like Jonah, and just like Isaiah, we, all of us here, will receive calls from God. It's not an issue of if. It's an issue of when. The questions become, how and where will that call come from? And the second question is, how will we respond to the call once it is made? The answer to the first question is, who knows when the call will come? God does, but we don't. The call may come when we get swept up into the beauty of these worship services we have here. It may come in response to a prayer. It may come when we least expect it, when we're out to dinner with our family and our friends, when we are engaged in an athletic endeavor, when we are traveling throughout this country or throughout the world. Who knows when it will come? It may come roaring at us like the launch of a rocket, or it may come in the still, small voice. But come it will. It will come because God has told us that he will tell us how to serve him. The answer to the second question of how we will respond to that call is that we have already been prepared to respond to any call from God. Therefore, we can act like Isaiah, and jump right in without any hesitation, delay, or procrastination to whatever God calls us to do. What I mean by that is that we are prepared for any call that God may give because we have already been prepared by God for that call and given all the gifts we need to respond. Now, You have all heard what I'm about to say on more than several occasions. But to use the story that David used last week about a minister who kept repeating the same sermon over and over again until his congregation finally did what the sermon called for. I'm going to keep talking about the following until I reach every single one of us with this important message. As you have heard me say, God has given each and every single person in this sanctuary many wonderful gifts. We may have the gift of being a wonderful 
dad or a mom. We may have the gift of being a doctor, a nurse, a lawyer, a plumber, a carpenter. We may be good with our hands making creative items of art. Or we may have good eyesight so that we can see dangers ahead. And you know, I could go on and on and on about all the wonderful gifts God has given to each and every single one of us. But the point of us receiving those gifts is that we are to use those gifts in the service of God. That's why God gave them to us. We did not receive the gifts to use for ourselves, to hoard those gifts, to only make ourselves better. We are to use them in the service of the God who gave them to us. If we are a wonderful mom or dad, then we are to use that gift to show others how they can be wonderful parents. If we are doctors or nurses, then we are called to use our skills and training to give at least some of our time to those who can't afford or obtain proper medical care. If we are lawyers, then we are to donate at least quite a bit of our time to protect the legal rights of others that do not have access to our legal system. If we work in the construction trades, we are called to do many things, including build homes for people who do not have a home. If we make things with our hands, then we can use those hands to comfort another. And if we have the, the, the gift of wonderful sight, then we can use it to see and then do something about the injustice that surrounds us all. I am sure once again that you know I could go on and on and on and on about all of the gifts that we all have received. Now, I can personally speak about responding to multiple calls from God to be of service. Now, in these calls, nothing dramatic happened. The sky did not open up. And I did not hear the name Michael Moorhead come down from above. It was more in this, the form of a sense or a feeling or an opportunity. Judy and I joined the neighborhood church in 1995. While going through the, perp- the um, procedure of joining the church, Carl Johnson and I had a conversation and I asked him, when does the adult Bible study meet? And he told me, well, right now we don't have an adult Bible study. So then we joined the church. And a few months later, Carl Johnson came up to me and said, how would you like to lead the adult Bible study class? My instant reaction was, uh-uh, I'm not doing that. I don't have the depth and the breadth of knowledge to lead a Bible study class. But soon I realized that that was God calling me to do that. So I did. And that began 13 years of teaching a weekly Bible study class. Soon after that calling, I felt a further calling to serve God by doing more for this church and the people who worship at this church. So I became what is called a Stephen minister. 
Many of you are familiar with that program where you go through 40 hours of training and and specifically training in pastoral care. And then you go out and you render pastoral care to those who are ill, to those who are dying, to those who are unable to leave their homes, to those who are grieving the loss of a loved one, and so many other needs. Now you do that to support the ministry of the church and under their direct supervision. However, after that, another call came. And I became a licensed minister, which is I am now, in the United Church of Christ. I obtained that standing after a long process that still continues. And it involved classwork, annual meetings where I had to appear, I called it the star chamber, before a bunch of ministers and they would ask me questions and so forth and so on. And it took a fair amount of work and still does. The result, however, has been for the last 14 and a half years, I have had the privilege and been blessed to be a licensed minister here at Neighborhood Church. Now, my point in bringing up my call journey is to demonstrate that I'm no different than each and every one of you. My callings are not better or worse than those that you have or will receive. They are just my calls from my relationship with God. You can and will have your own personal calls to serve God based on the gifts that God has given you. So, I invite you to take an inventory of your God-given gifts. I suggest that in prayer, you ask God to help identify what are those gifts. And then, in the quiet and the calm of prayer, begin to write down the feelings you have about what you do well, the things that make you happy, the things that give you meaning in your life, the things you care about most in your life, what you are passionate about. Those are your gifts from God. One of the amazing things about using those gifts in the service of God is that how that service can transform you. You have all heard the saying that when you serve someone else, when you give to someone else, you get back far more than what you give. So when you have lost a loved one, comfort another who has also lost a loved one. If you are depressed, then lift up someone who is also dealing with depression. If you are ill, then share your experiences with that illness when someone, with someone else who has that same illness. In all those, these situations and many more that will be presented to you, you will come away from them just as blessed as the person to whom you have provided a blessing. To assist you in using your God-given gifts, 
There are and will be opportunities made available through this church. Of course, you can serve many roles in this church. You can be on a board. You can be on a committee. You can participate in the worship services we have on Sundays. Or you can help maintain this building and the grounds through work days. However, God calls us to go beyond the walls of this church, beyond the grounds of this church, to be of service to God. Among those opportunities are the Family Promise Organization that you've all heard about that provides housing, life skills training, and job assistance to newly homeless families. We can directly assist them in providing a safe place to spend the night at a church and to have a healthy meal. Meals on Wheels. You've all heard about this organization, I'm sure. We have the opportunity to assemble meals, package them, and deliver them to recipients in the San Pedro area in service of God. We can help the Blue Butterfly Village. I have to say that slowly. Blue Butterfly Village and its homeless residents to build and utilize a garden on their property to beautify it, but also to get practical use out of it. I'm pleased to tell you that in 2017, next year, there will be one hands-on project every three months that you, each one of you, can use your gifts to serve God. If you choose to or are unable to participate in a hands-on manner, the charities I've just mentioned and those that will follow would welcome your donations of various items. The Caring House that provides care for people in the last stage of their lives. Clothe the Deal to give people business clothing to help them enter the workforce. The Spirit of the Giving Heart gives to American Indian children gifts. These are the programs open to you. Open to you now or soon will be open to you. They're open to you to use the gifts you have been given. However, your gifts are certainly not limited to these programs. You may feel called to use your gifts and in a completely different way. And if the church could help you and do that, you should bring it to the attention of the Board of Christian Action. Or do it yourself. But use those gifts. Serve. Use those gifts. The conditions of our world are such that people often react in despair for the future. In crisis situations, people ask, why doesn't something, someone do something about that? Well, each one of us can be that someone. God is still asking, whom shall I send and who will go for us? God is making that call to each and every one of us. The hope of our communities, the hope of our nation, and the hope of the world rests in those 
who hear God's call, volunteer, and say to God, Here I am, send me. What can one person do? With God's gifts, we can all individually or as a group do wonders beyond our greatest imaginations. God waits upon people to respond. To respond, here I am, send me. Here I am, send me. Is that your response? Is that our response? If not, I ask the question. No, once again, I issue a challenge. Why not? Why not is your response. Here I am. Send me. Amen.